Welcome back to another episode of the Rifles Only Accuracy Podcast, your podcast for all things precision rifle related, center fire and rim fire. I'm David Thomas with Team Voodoo Gunworks and Rifles Only. <clears throat> Normally I'd be here uh, co-hosting with Jacob, but uh, we uh, got hit with uh, the polar vortex. Uh, like a lot of the rest of the country, we've got about a quarter ice on everything, and down here in Texas, that is a crisis. Uh, a lot of power out everywhere. Uh, thankfully, I still have power for now. Uh, I'm not sure if they get the power back up at Rifles Only. I uh, haven't talked to Jacob in a little while. Uh, they they had to put off, or we had put off a, a little bit of the, the uh, train up. And we were planning on doing a podcast this evening for you guys, and it's just not going to work out that way. But I don't want to leave you with no content for the week. I know when I'm listening to a podcast, I, I start getting antsy after a week or two, so we're going to try not to do that. Uh, at least have something in the in the chamber for you guys there at all times. So before we get into the topic I have picked out today, just uh, want to say thanks for everybody that helps us all out here. I want to say thanks to uh, Sniper's Hide, Frank Galley over there. Make sure you listen to the Everyday Sniper um, he's, a, he's a real big resource for everybody. That, that forum is, is pretty much it. Uh, Zero Compromise Optics, We Bad, uh, Massey's Gun Shop and Range uh, down in Brownsville, uh, Hoplite Arms. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a, a hundred others, but those are the ones that just came to mind. I probably should have made a list and been a little bit more prepared. By the way, what do you guys think about the uh, sound? Uh, we upgraded some equipment, upgraded a microphone. Uh, Joe Rogan now uses the same microphone we do. I'm pretty sure I said that in the right order. He copied us. But yeah, let us know what you think in the comments. Uh, any questions or uh, suggestions or anything you want, let us know how things are sounding. Uh, actually, questions would be awesome. If you guys could uh, get in the uh, Podbean, uh, send us some questions. We'll take a day one day and just go down the list and answer questions or comments, complaints, anything you want. Put them in there. Uh, also, you can email Jacob at jacob at riflesonly.com. And you can find me on the hide at dthomas3523. So one thing uh, that keeps coming up, or actually it's come up a lot in the last year or two, and I think it's going to forever come up because it's it's just a big uh, voodoo mystery for PRS, and that's wind, uh, especially at matches. Yeah, constantly seeing guys, they're always talking about when, hey, would you hold? And then, you, uh, well, I held this. Well, that didn't work for me. And, and it's just a constant battle. So we're going to get into a little bit of that. More PRS-related um, as that's uh, you know what I've got written down here for the day. And also, uh, like anything else that we're going to do, context is key, guys. Uh, just keep that in mind. If you're a, if you're a top 1% or 10% shooter, or you're like an elite wind caller, you can call wind down to 2 miles an hour. This, this is probably not for you. It's, it's well worth a listen, but just keep in mind that this isn't going to... This may or may not be for you if you already have something working for you that works better than this, then... Uh, you know, by all means, uh, go for it. But uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about wind at matches, what to do, what not to do, and uh, how to uh, really tackle the problem. So what I always uh, I tell people, too, is uh, be mindful about what you're practicing and when. Um, when we go to the range, guys like to set up a 400-yard target, 500, 600 yards, whatever the case may be. And then they, quote-unquote, practice wind. Uh, well, that could work if your wind's switchy or maybe if you have a firing point where you can get out and uh, change the direction. So maybe you're a left to right. Now you get to change the direction. You're right to left or it's a, a full value and then it's a quartering uh, tailwind or something. 
But if you don't have that, which most places don't, most places should be about a square range. So what happens is you get out there and you might miss one or two times. And then, then you make an impact and now you kind of have the wind call. So you're almost kind of done for the day unless the uh, you know wind is real switchy, which does happen. And, and don't get me wrong, that can be a very good uh, training day. So if you see the wind's really switchy and it doesn't normally do that where you're at, maybe you want to go out there and do it. But for the most of us, or most part, for most of us, that's not going to be how it works out. You're going to get, you, we don't get to pick and choose when we go to the range, most of us. So we go there, the wind's a steady 7, 10, 15 miles an hour. And once you make that impact, now you kind of have the wind call and you're, you're pretty much done for the day as far as your wind reading. So you're just going to keep hammering that plate and not really, not really get the wind training that you want to. Uh, and that's not to take away for what you can do. I mean, build position, shoot that plate all day, but just realize that it's probably not going to be the best way to uh, practice wind, quote unquote. What we suggest is that uh, you do all your wind reading practice uh, away from the range. Uh, get yourself a Kestrel, some sort of wind meter. And hanging around your neck, keep it in your pocket while you're at work, especially if you work outside or anything, or you're walking the dog, taking a, you know, God forbid you're running, jogging, ugh. Uh, take it with you. Stop. Make a, an assessment. Take an assessment of the area. Look at it. Go, I think the wind's blowing seven miles an hour. Pull out your Kestrel. It's blowing 10. Well, you know it's blowing 10, so take a look around. See what you see. See what you thought looked like uh, seven or five or whatever you thought it was and then start committing that to memory and do that all the time. And that's where you're going to be, you know, really working on your wind calls. And if you really want to get uh, pretty advanced into it, have somebody uh, go to your range, uh, ranch, wherever, and take a buddy with you and have him take the Kestrel downrange and have him stand in a certain spot and look around from there and uh, make a make a call. Have him on the have him on a radio or a cell phone and make a wind call for where he's at, and he can tell you what his Kestrel's saying and do the exact same thing. Up, oh, I'm off. Uh, let me see. Let me start learning. Or a oh, man, I hit it dead nuts. I'm perfect right there. So commit that to memory when I see this. So that is our recommendation on how to practice wind. Now let's get into wind at matches and how to tackle it. Uh, first off, uh, just going to go down my notes here. As a shooter, as shooters really, uh, myself included, everybody, we're all in this. We have to really be very aware of our current skill level because that dictates our training. And what I mean by that is if, if you're a, whether I want to say a beginner, because we've all been shooting, most of us have been shooting a very long time, so we're definitely not necessarily beginners. But you have to keep the skill level in mind. So if you've got, if you don't have your trigger pull down, you don't have a straight back, a ninety degree trigger pull, uh, your wind calls are going to be not as great because you're, you know, you might have point two or point three uh, left and right in your trigger there, so you're never going to know what the problem was. Uh, you miss a shot. Uh, was that wind or was that me? And what we see a lot of times is guys are skipping those steps. So they maybe they haven't been to a class. Maybe they have, but they haven't really taken the time to nail down their fundamentals. And they're out on the range, and they're missing, and they're, they're blaming on wind. Uh, to give you an example, I've had guys that's, you know, they're not hitting anything. They're trying to shoot at distance. So they're 900,000 yards, and they're missing. 
And so they asked me to take a crack at it, what their rifle asks, what their wind hold is. And they say something like one, one and a half. And then the wind call tends, uh, turns out to be like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8, you know, and, and the rest of it was them, be it uh, their trigger control or, you know, a multitude of other things. So we need to keep that in mind. Uh, we've all been there and we're all continuing to go through that. And we want to make sure that we are not skipping steps or trying to train the the wrong thing at the, at the wrong time. We want to be training the right things at the right time. So that's why we really need to be cognizant of our skill level. If you're placing in the mid to bottom pack, you just have to be honest with yourself at local matches. Two days, that's a whole nother beast. Um, I have my own opinions on that. I think that we probably should be waiting to do two days until we're, we're doing really well at, at single days, but that's a perfect world. And I know everybody can't do that, but mainly I'm talking about your, your local matches. Cause that's where you're going to cut your teeth if you have it available. So if you're finishing in the mid to bottom pack at your local matches, uh, just be uh, honest with yourself. It's not going to be your wind calls. It's going to be your position building. It's going to be your fundamentals. It's, um, could I mean could be your your equipment if uh, you're using stuff that's not optimized. It's usually not the equipment, so don't blame it on that. But it could be. So if you're a, a mid to low pack uh, guy, then you really need to be focused on your fundamentals. I know it it can sound boring and all that, but that really is the secret to it. It's just your fundamentals. But moving along, because we're going to talk about fundamentals a lot on this podcast, and I don't want to steal any Jacob's thunder and. Those conversations are much better with two of us. Uh, my opinion is that wind is about the most overemphasized element for a new or mid to low pack shooter, even an upper mid pack, until you're you know, losing matches by one, two, three points and they were wing calls, then you really shouldn't be focusing on it. That's not your, uh, uh, that's not where you need to be looking. In my opinion, it's the most overemphasized element for, you know, the non-top pack shooters. Also, keep in mind that you don't need to reach out to 400 yards, 600 yards for PRS practice. You can literally get all the practice you need with uh, 100 yards and a PRS barricade. You could always add a tank trap or a rooftop, but that's not really a must-have. It's just extra. Take one-inch uh, dots or stickies, set them up at 100 yards. If you can build positions and and hit uh, one MOA or close to it at 100 yards consistently and then and then step up to putting yourself on the clock and doing it consistently you'll win well yeah I, i'm sorry i take that back i, I don't want to say you'll win i don't want to guarantee any of that but you'll beat most people at at easily at your local matches and and even at some of your bigger matches you'll beat uh you know 80 percent of the field if you can do that consistently because it's not as easy as it seems so now we're going to move into the actual strategy part of what to do for wind at a match. Um, again, context guys, this is for the guys that aren't reading wind down to, you know, two miles an hour, pretty elite wind reader. And this is, uh, this is not for you guys. What I tell people is it's okay to miss once on a stage. That that's per, I don't, well, I say it's perfectly fine, but it's understandable. You can miss once on a stage. But after that, as long as the wind's not switching back and forth, it's not doing anything really crazy, 
any misses after that, what I consider uh, unacceptable, and that's something we need to look at if if, if you start missing it on a, on a stage that's reasonable. You know, it's not a rope swinging around. You need to start looking at why you missed more than one. Because what happens is you, you build your position properly with the, you know, you execute the fundamentals of marksmanship properly. You should see where that bullet went or pretty close. So that just gave you the answer. Like I said, on normal days, non-switching days. So you just got the answer. You should be able to pretty much follow that up with, uh, say it's a 10-shot stage, you should be able to follow that up with the nine hits. And just give that a thought. Let's say you only missed one shot each stage. You go to a local match, it's an eight-stage, 80-round match, and you drop eight rounds. You're probably going to do pretty well. You might win. You might not, but you're going to place really well. Well, that's the the strategy I'm about to talk to. We'll give you that, at least give you a game plan for that at a uh, at a match that has you know reasonable sized targets. With our, your wind is not doing anything crazy for the day. So let's get right into it. I, I wrote a a post or an article, I guess you could say, on Sniper's Hide a while back, and it said. Uh, it's called Here's What You Really Need to Know About Wind at a Match. Uh, you can look it up on the hide. Uh, people seem to like it. it. It was well received. So I'm pretty much going to go down that as uh, it, and use that structure. So if it sounds like I'm reading from this, some of it is actually from that and the rest of it. Some of it I'll skim over. So let's say you're a shooter that, that has pretty good fundamentals. Uh, your recoil management's pretty good. Even if it's a 20-pound rifle, you're, you're see, seeing all your shots. So let's just say that, that that's all things being equal. Wind is starting to become your problem. Uh, or you know, it's getting there. But you're not a two-mile-an-hour wind reader. Most of us are not. Uh, some people like to think they are, and, and it's just not. Those are really, really high-level wind callers. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of work. So let's say your wind reading ability uh, sucks. You know, most... I mean, I consider mine to be pretty not great. But most of us can tell which way the wind's coming from. That's really not that hard. So what I advise you to do is break your wind down into three categories. We, we're going to call it low, uh, mild or medium, and high wind. You have to do a little bit of homework. You'll have to go into your calculator and decide what you think for your if you shoot a match in a, the same place or generally the same area a lot use that as your as your basic uh, your wind comparison your standard and just decide hey my low wind in this area or what i consider or what i am fairly good at reading is a three mile an hour wind or five mile an hour wind and then your medium wind is a 5 mile an hour, 8 mile an hour, something like that. And your high wind is a 10 or 12 or 15, whatever it may be. Then you can use your calculator. Or you can go check it out on Sniper's Hide. And it's on the internet other places as well. Uh, little quick wind, wind formulas where you figure out your gun's mile an hour and whatnot. Uh, we're not going to go into that right now, but I mean, just check it out. Or send me a PM on the Hide. I'll, I'll direct you into the right place. So just figure out what you're, you know, you have to commit to either to memory or on your range card. Hey, these at this distance, my here's my, you know, 100 yards, 200 yards, 300 yards, 400, 500 yards. This is my low wind hold. This is my mild wind hold. And this is my uh, high wind hold. 
All right, that gives you a starting point at your match because that's that's what I see a lot of times. People just have no idea where they're starting. They're just asking people, hey, what was your hold? Or what are you shooting? What was your hold? And we want to get away from that because we want to make you as independent and as well-rounded a marksman as possible. Plus, you never know who you're asking. Uh, so that gives you a starting point. You decide your low, mild, high. So instead of attempting to call wind at two miles an hour when you're not skilled enough to make that call, let's not, again, be real with your skill level. Let's not try to make a wind call down to two miles an hour when we're not. Figure out what you're able to do and call it down to that. And you want to be pretty quick and decisive about this because you may not have all the time in the world. Uh, you want to make those wind calls and then start prepping for your stage. Um, so let me make a wind call. Let's say we decided that our mild wind is a 7-mile-an-hour wind. You have a 7-mile-an-hour gun, and we're shooting at 500 yards. So we decide, however you went about it, you decided that your wind hold is, let's say that the, the wind is coming uh, uh, right to left. So we're going to hold into the right. And we decide that the we're going to do a 0.5 right hold. And keep in mind that it's a standard plate. They're normally... Uh, 2 MOA, which uh, if you don't know the conversion, it's roughly about 0.3 mils per MOA. So most of the plates that we're on are usually about 0.6 wide. That That's kind of important to know. So when you get down, if you have a spotter with a reticle in it or you get a chance to get on your gun or when you first start the stage, do a, just a quick flash mill on it. Make sure that it's okay. It's a, it's a 0.6. Most of them are going to be about that. If they're smaller, then you'll have to adjust the math. If it's larger, then it still works. It'll just... Give you a little bit more room for error. Now, this is really important. Once you've made that wind call, that 0.5 hold, do not second-guess yourself. Unless you see something that really changes, or if you do want to take a wind call for somebody, it's somebody that you really know is, is spot-on with their wind, and they got it around close to you. You can do that. Learn from it. Don't just take the wind call and go hit the plate. Learn from it. But don't second-guess your wind call without a really good reason, because that's how you're going to mess up. Also, it's going to sound a little bit offensive, and I apologize for that. Don't listen to the guys that are, that, you know, in the same, if you're in the mid to low pack or, or somewhere like that. I don't want to tell you they don't know what they're doing or anything like that, but there's a reason that, that, that they're missing. So it could be their win. So even if they're your buddies, and I know we all want to get along, just be cautious about taking wind calls even from anyone, but be cautious. So unless some, you see something that's absolutely changed your mind, or some, or you somebody tells you a wind call that you really trust, do not second-guess yourself. All right, You're going to stick with that .5 right hold. So now we have our hold, and we're not second-guessing ourselves. So you got to get up there. Your time starts now. You know, get up there and build the best position you can possibly build. This is really important because you need to really see where that, that round's going. You make a good trigger press and uh, make sure you absolutely see that shot. Because if you don't see that shot, well, now it's not just one shot. Now now you gotta now you're going to the second shot because you didn't see the first one. And if you miss the second one, even if you saw where it went, you basically wasted a shot. So we don't want to do that. Now we get into the most important part of this process. It's what to do after a miss or even a hit. We'll talk about that later. But for right now, it's what to do after. 
Actually, we'll just go into the uh, what happens if we hit the plate, because that's a little bit easier. So let's say we did we did hit that plate. If we center punched it, obviously, you know, game on. Let's go to the races and burn it down. If not, and you see it swing a little left or right, just a little bit, it kind of wobbles. That's another thing with your recoil management is not just seeing your miss. Uh, one of the most underestimated reasons of managing recoil is to see your, your impact. Because we want to be on the center of that plate we, in case the wind picks up one way or the other. Or we don't want to be hanging around the edge and next thing you know we burn one off the side. So just because we're on steel doesn't mean that our, our job is done. Let's go. We Every shot we need to be paying attention. Maybe the wind picked up, push you point one or, or so, and we need to move back into that. That could be the difference between missing a shot later. So if we see it swing just a little left or right, just add or subtract a tenth from your wind hold depending. And if you see it move a lot left or right, you know, you want to add two to three tenths. If, you, if it's a, you know, you'll just have to be a judge and how that steel reacts. And keep an eye on it. If you see it move pretty wildly, swing hard to the right, and you see your splash way off to the right, that means that you're on the edge of that plate. You need to be considering a, you know, at minimum a point two. You might want to go point three to get back in the center of that plate. So that, that's pretty easy for the, for impacting on steel and, and moving. Keep in mind, again, I can't overemphasize this enough, you want to be on the center of that plate. Now let's get, get into the misses. There's two sides to miss on. There's the upwind and the downwind side, and we call those respectively the, the pro side, which is the upwind side, and the amateur side. The reason we call it the pro side is you made a pretty bold wind call, uh, which most people don't, and you gave yourself the entire length of that plate to to miss basically. So if you held, uh, you you may you held into the right and you you missed off to the right. Well, the good news is is you gave yourself the entire point six mil uh, six tenths as an error budget. The amateur side, however, when you burn one off the side downwind, that means you didn't mean you didn't even really come close to making a good wind call. You you underestimate. A lot of people do that because they're scared. Uh, it's it's a pretty big thing to go. Uh, you know, they're used to being on the edge of the plate, which is about 0.3, and they're just scared to make a, a 0.7 or 0.8 wind call. So what I'm trying to say is the best approach is always err on the side of a, a bigger wind call. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but if you're looking at, oh, I think I should hold 0.2 or 0.3, you know, hold 0.5, make it bigger because let's give ourselves an entire plate. We want to stay on that pro side. Also, when people miss on the pro side for whatever reason, they tend to correct much quicker and much better. Uh, if they were holding a uh, 0.5 and you see a miss uh, just off uh, off the side a little bit too much, they should have been holding 0.3. For whatever reason, nobody has any issue getting that bullet back in the center of the target. The real problem happens when people miss on the downwind or the amateur side. 
it's on the other side. Uh, it's, it's further away from the reticle. It's further away from the center, and that's where we're happy at. And one of the biggest reasons they do that is they're referencing the edge of the plate. If there's any one takeaway tonight besides using your Kestrel outside of the range, don't worry about practicing wind at the range unless it's switchy winds. If there's any other thing you could take away, it's stop referencing and stop staring at the edges of the plate. Just stop it. Uh, you know, shooting, a lot of shooting is subconscious. So we're training ourselves to subconsciously reference the edges of the plate. So we get in the habit of looking at the edges, and and it's a defined point. We like straight lines. We build our houses, you know, they're square. Everything's got, you know, they're, we like defined lines. So when you miss off, uh, say you miss downwind and you miss by uh, 0.5, say you miss 0.5 off the center. Well, if you're referencing the edge in your subconscious mind, all you see is a 0.2 miss off of the edge. So instead of what you should be doing, if, if it was 0.5 off the center, you should be moving 0.5, holding more, another 0.5. But what happens is people make these you know, one and two tenths corrections. And theoretically, that should get them on the edge of the plate. Whether we want to be there or not, it should get you there. But then you either make, say you make a bad trigger press on your next one or the wind picks up. Next thing you know, you burn another one off that same side. And that's when you start getting the statements like, uh, man, I don't know what happened. I, I mean, I, I adjusted and I still at the same spot. Or you hear the spotter, hey, you missed left. They take another shot. Hey, you missed left, same spot. Take another shot. It's pretty close to the same spot. And they're like, you missed left. You have to hold more. And then the shooter yells back, I did. I held more. Well, what happened is they were likely looking at the edge of the plate. And they didn't make a big enough correction. They, they held that point too. So again, get away from that. I, it's a huge pet peeve of mine. I, you know, I ask somebody, you know, we're talking and or I hear people talking about what they held and they go, oh, I'm holding the right edge. Well, normally that's a 0.3 hold to center with a 0.6 mil wide target, but the targets might be smaller. It might be bigger. They might, you know, so it, it's just not a good reference point. And again, it's, it's tearing up our subconscious. So, back to uh, miss. We miss off the amateur side. And we're only going to reference the center of target. So we know that target is 0.6 wide. All right, let's go back. We decided to hold 0.5 right. And now we miss off of the... So we're holding the center, 0.5 to center right. And we miss on the downwind side. We miss on the left side of the target. Well, we know that that, uh, that target's 0.6 wide. Either they told us it was a two mil or we flash milled it. So the absolute bare, absolute bare minimum that we will ever correct to would be point would be to add point three. And not point one, not point two, point three. Because that we missed off of the side of the target and we were aiming for the center. So at a minimum we missed. 0.3 mils. That and again, that's the bare minimum. What I always, what I'm going to tell people to do is, at, you know, if you just burned off of the edge, is add another couple tenths. But instead of adding 
a half a target. Most of our target, let's go back. Most of our misses are going to be within a couple tenths. Most people don't, unless it's pretty far out there, they don't miss a mill, two mills to the left or right. If you do miss one or two mills, go ahead and measure it with your, your first focal plane reticle, put it on the center and pull the trigger. But when you miss just barely off the side, a lot of times it's hard to tell exactly how with the dirt and the dust and all that stuff. So, and, and that takes time. And I know that everybody says, you know, measure it and shoot it. And that, that is absolutely correct, but we're under time. So anything that makes us quicker is better. Most of the time. So don't even think about it. You missed off of that side of that target. You know, you missed at least 0.3 mils. So I tell everybody, correct three quarters of a target. You know, that, that target's 0.6. So you should be correcting about five tenths. It seems like a really big correction, I know. But just give it a thought. You were attempting to hit the center and you missed. And that was already 0.3. So you can even make it a habit to correct the entire target if you want to. If you're having just really, really hard time, correct an entire target. If you were holding 0.5 and you missed off of the, uh, to the right and you miss off of the left edge, hold a mill next time. Or 1.1, really. Hold 1 or 1.1. And I promise you, I absolutely promise that you will, uh, your second round impacts will pick up a lot. Or what will pick up is instead of uh, missing to the amateur side, the downwind side, and you correct uh, two tenths and you, you hit the edge and you hit the edge and all of a sudden you're off the edge. Well, that'll fix itself as well. So if you make those big corrections, because instead of if you were holding 0.5 mil to the right, you miss downwind, and then you hold uh, 1 mil or 1.1, well, now you're going to be either close to the center or on the upwind side of the target. So the odds of uh, burning one off because the wind picked up, you made a bad trigger press, they go way down. The other big reason to favor on the pro side is sometimes we're shooting in grass or over water, you know, or any, anything that makes it hard to see exactly where you missed. So when you, if, if you're just trying to, if you're making these little small wind holds and you miss and you don't see where it went, well, what now? What do you do? You don't know whether you miss left, right, you know, which way did you miss? If you're always making big wind calls and holding on that pro side with bigger wind calls, the odds are in your favor that you missed on the upper wind side. So the next shot, you just adjust, you know, and lessen, you know, to do a le uh, less of a hold for the next one. If that makes sense, basically what we want to make sure that we're giving ourselves the best, the, making the odds in our favor uh, when we don't see that shot. I held especially and and you can use that as a strategy as well. Maybe you wouldn't make as big a wind call, but you're shooting at a place where nobody's seeing their misses. All right, well now it's time to make a big wind call because we want to we want to absolutely know at least which side we missed on when we can't see it. So maybe you don't do it all the time at uh, every match. You don't make a huge wind call. At, at every single match. You do it at a, when you're shooting over water or in the grass, anywhere you can't see that. So, 
I think I pretty much got down the, the general idea of it, so let's just go over it again. Use your calculator or the, the quick win math, the mile per hour gun. Figure out what you, for where you shoot mostly or what you're comfortable reading with the wind. Figure out your low, your mild or medium, and your high wind values. Associate them with a hold per your, you know, your distance. Get up there before, get up there before your stage. Uh, make a wind call and stick with it. That's really important here. You really just stick with it. And make sure it's favoring the pro side, the upper wind side. So get up there and make a really, really good position. Make sure you see the shot. That that cannot be overstated. Is If you don't see your shot, then this is all for nothing. Make a really good trigger press. See where that, that round goes. If it hits and it's uh, centered up, it's off to the races. Just keep in mind, don't uh, don't be moving so fast that you don't notice that you're starting to walk those rounds off to the side because of wind or you know bad position or trigger press. If you hit, uh, if you see the the plate wiggle a little bit to the right or left, adjust a tenth or so back to center. If you see it more, uh, two tenths or so back to center, and and if you see it really move and the splash is way off to the side, you're on the edge. Correct by three tenths. On a, again. I should say half a target. Uh, we're assuming it's a two MOA target, but if it's a, if you glance one off the edge and you flash milled it and it's a 0.8 mil target, then of course move over four, four, 0.4 or four tenths of a mil. Stop referencing the edges. That's really important. Just stop it. And always reference the center. Uh, you, it sounds simple. It sounds funny, but you're going to be a better shot if, or shooter, and you're make more impacts if you do that. If you miss on the we, if you miss on the pro side, then you know, obviously an impact's better than a miss. But if you're going to miss somewhere, then that's the second best place. Uh, so if you miss on the pro side, move. Uh, you could use the same thing, the same way we talked about with the downwind side. But most people, for whatever reason, they have no issue correcting. So make your correction from the pro side. Get centered up. Keep an eye on your shots and off to the races. If you miss on the amateur or the downwind side, make your your minimum correction on a standard two MOA target is is 0.5 mils in my opinion, five tenths, because you burned it. Or you you missed at least three tenths from the center that you were aiming at, and then you missed a tenth, maybe two. And obviously, if you see it further over, measure it and go. But if you just burned one off the edge. Don't even think about it. Go to a 0.5 correction. Send one. Keep an eye on it. If it's centered up, it's off to the races. If it's not, go back to what we were talking about. As far as uh, when you make impacts and getting back to the center. And and that that's about it. It's, it's a little bit more in depth uh, in person. Uh, just talking about it here on a podcast. It's, it's simplified quite a bit. And hopefully I'm getting the point across. If I'm not, uh, reach out to me and I'll see if I can get you on the phone. Or, or if you're somebody, and as always, in-person in instruction is always the best. Go see Frank Galley over at Wood Sniper's Hide and Mark Taylor coming on here to Rivals Only. See Jacob. Uh, I'll be at a lot of them. Come see us. Go see uh, Kalen and Phil, a modern-day sniper. 
anybody, anybody with a reputation for solid fundamentals, go see them and get those down. And then most of those guys are going to have something similar, uh, at least for a competition strategy. It's, it's going to be pretty similar. Uh, I'm, I'm working on developing an in-person class for this. It, just a one day competition win strategy. I don't want to call it win reading. Uh, cause that's a whole nother beast is trying to teach people how to read wind and things like that, but just a competition strategy. So I'm working on that and hopefully be able to offer that pretty good. And again, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning is I cannot stress this enough. Be realistic about where you are with your, uh, your skill level and your phase of training. If, uh, if you're not able to, to really put together good groups, prone, modified prone at 100 yards, or not able to start center punch those uh, one-inch dots prone and, and whatnot, you got to be working on those fundamentals. Everybody wants to know the secret to shooting, and the secret is fundamentals. If those aren't, if your base isn't uh, there, and you got a .2 or .3 wiggle in your trigger, well, now your wind calls are going to be pretty erratic, and I, I see that all the time. All the time, guys. Like, man, I just I had a really bad day with wind. Yeah, well, maybe, but more than likely, it, it was your fundamentals. Wind didn't help you, but that wasn't the reason you, you didn't do so well. So be realistic that, that the worst thing you can do is think that you're in a different spot, a, a, a more advanced spot. And you're practicing the wrong things or working on the wrong stuff, and that's how people get frustrated. That's also how people plateau, is they don't have a solid base in the fundamentals. And then next thing you know, they're like, man, I just can't crack this mid out of this mid-pack. More often than not, they'll show up to a fundamental class, somebody will really square them away, and next thing you know, they're they're in the top, you know, the top packers uh, in their local stuff, and then moving on to, to two days eventually. But that's just, I just can't stress knowing your, your current skill level and, and being able to objectively self-assess. And, and we all have issues with that. It, it's hard for us to look in, at ourselves and say, you know what? Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am because it happens to all of us. Every time we think we're, we're good, we get out there and just get absolutely destroyed and, and have to reassess. And, and that's part of it. Anyway, I think I hit that one uh, fairly good. If uh, you guys let me know in the comments whether you thought it was, you got anything out of this, um, send me a message on the hide or send an email again, jacob at riflesonly.com. And, uh, and like I said, ask questions. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to, to answer questions. We'll probably take, if once we get enough questions, if it's something really good, we'll, we'll make a whole podcast out of it. Um, if it's something that's easy, what we'll do is we'll sit on those questions until quite a few build up, and then we'll take an entire or half or 20 minutes, whatever it takes, uh, part of the podcast, and we'll just go down those those questions and answer them. And again, we really appreciate all the listeners. Well, I think that's just about it. We're going to get back to the polar vortex down here and uh, hopefully get uh, everything straightened out and back uh, up and running at rifles only for the week and we're going to be getting into the brawl here friday saturday uh, and hopefully we're going to get a few guests on here 
But anyway, again, I just want to thank everybody that helps us over here. We Bad, Zero Compromise, uh, Massey's Gun Shop, Hoplite Arms, Sniper's Hide. Again, go check out Frank Galley at Sniper's Hide. Check out his podcast at The Everyday Sniper. Uh, go check out Phil and Kalen's Modern Sniper Podcast. Check out uh, David Baker's Just and Send It. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there. Um, I, they're all really good. So, until next time.